Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan brings us an epilogue of our series, What If Jesus Was Serious? with a sermon titled, What If Jesus Was Serious About Scars? From John 20, 19-31, and the scripture is read by Tom Vandenbosch. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jews, of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, was one of the twelve. He wasn't there with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the wounds left by the nails and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. About eight days, after eight days, his disciples were again in a house with Thomas, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. And Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing, you will have life in his name. We did end this series before Easter, but we thought maybe we do like an epilogue coming back to it the Sunday after Easter. And we're going to talk about today, what if Jesus was serious about scars? And as you heard the story about Thomas earlier, you heard Allie give a very, um, very good message that felt like we can just all go home now. Uh, but uh, I guess I, I have a few things to say. So um, 
What scars do you have? Allie was asking that of our kids, and for all of us, we probably all have a bunch of scars as well, right? And have you ever been in a situation where somebody shares a scar and a story about it, and all of a sudden somebody else pops in and like, well, look at this scar, you know where I got that? And all of a sudden now you're sharing about all these different scars. Um, for me, I, I don't have a ton of them. Some of them have disappeared over time, but I do have one back here from falling off a four-wheeler onto the cement when I was in first grade. Don't worry, it was my dad's fault, okay? Always is <laughs> backing out the garage with it. I was sitting on the back. Technically, it was my fault, okay? So I wasn't hanging on, and he had stopped suddenly, and I just whoop right onto the cement, had to get stitches. So every once in a while when I go to a new um, barber, they kind of, they're like, do you know you have this back here? I'm like, yes, I'm well aware. Uh, and then also I, I have one somewhere up here, of course, from chicken pox. And then there's another one from uh, when I was outside as a kid. Our, our barn wasn't like the barn you think of. It was smaller. And so I was hitting icicles off of the hanging down, you know, and one of them came off and sliced my forehead. Um, didn't have to get stitches for that. Uh, my mom's a nurse, and so what she did, which was horrible for, this was first grade too, that was a rough year, um, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, she, what she had at home was like a clear bandage that went over it. So now when I went to school, kids were like, oh, gross. So I had to do that for a couple of weeks. Uh, but we all have scars and they have stories that come with them. And I'm sure all of you have stories from where your scars came from as well. Scars also play a big role sometimes in movies, especially with villains. You want to have scars on them because it shows they're bad. I don't know, that they had a rough, rough time before. Um, also, scars come up in, in songs a lot. Uh, I looked it up, and actually, Taylor Swift has a ton of lyrics about scars. So, uh, <laughs> um, the, we, we love to talk about scars, and sometimes we talk about them in negative ways that we've been hurt, right? Uh, but scars, like Ali said, are actually something that shows that healing has been done right? You don't, you want a scar, you don't want an open wound. Um, so scars show that healing. The most famous, I think, recently is Harry Potter with the scar on his forehead. Uh, for those of you that don't um, maybe know the Harry Potter story, he got a scar on his forehead when he was 15 months old because his mother sacrificed her life to save him from uh, the villain in the story, Voldemort. He used a killing curse and that scar is left from that, and he didn't die. And the scar plays a prominent role in the story as you go through all seven uh, books. So scars show us something. It tells us a story. We've been interested about it in many different ways as human beings. Um, today, one of the things that's going to inform a lot of this sermon comes from uh, this book called The Body Keeps the Score, um, by Bessel van Dierkolk, um, and it's all about how the brain, mind, and body and the healing of trauma and how our bodies and our brains hold trauma we experience even without us consciously knowing about it. The body remembers, all right? 
Trauma, if we want to define trauma today, we could define it as an emotional response to a terrible event. That's a very simple uh, summary of it. It could be very large things. It could be very smaller things. Uh, Trauma of any sort is this mental and emotional scar. So we don't just have physical scars, but we have scars that kind of reside inside of us as well. So long after traumatic experience is over, if somebody has had one, a person can become reactive to like the slightest hint of danger, right? Whatever feels dangerous to you that came out of that traumatic event, it's always going to feel dangerous to you from that trauma. Your brain will react to protect the wound that has not healed. It will flood your brain with massive amounts of stress hormones, which in turn creates this unpleasant emotions that we have, physical sensations, and impulsive actions. These reactions, for those who are maybe unaware of their wound, of trauma, find it to be overwhelming and don't understand what is happening. All of a, all of a sudden, you just feel out of control. I mean, how many of us have felt that in our life, where all of a sudden you're like, I need to step away. I feel a little bit out of control. If the wound isn't addressed, the person may fear that they are damaged to the core and feel maybe unfixable. If they don't even know that trauma and that wound is there, you may feel that way. I think here's, here's one of the core problems, and uh, We'll get a little bit more into the story about Thomas and Jesus in a little bit. But we want to ignore our wounds. We want to ignore our wounds because we don't want to go through the work of healing them. But in order for them to become scars, we have to address them. Ignoring doesn't heal our wounds. When we don't take intention and care to our wounds, wounds, it will make us pay attention at some point. It's going to bubble up in some way. We may get a sense that we've been wounded in life and maybe life hasn't been fair to us. We have disappointments. Many of the things uh, Pastor Don was talking about in his prayer of where are the ways in which you feel you've fallen short in your relationships, in your marriage, those wounds, what are those wounds? If we don't address them, the new demons tend to emerge out of that, right? Then, Then our wounds are festering, so then there's bitterness, anger, jealousy, they now become the drivers in everything we do in our life. When we struggle to control our emotions, we then also struggle to access them at that point. Uh, From this book, uh, the author said that being traumatized means continuing to organize your life as if the trauma were still going on, unchanged and unmutable as every new encounter or event is contaminated by the past. And this can happen very unconsciously for you as well. There's ways in which we shift our life and do things and protect ourselves in different ways so we don't experience that same trauma again. Maybe you see that in your own life. Maybe you're, you're just awakening to it today. I'm sorry if that's happening. But trauma does that to us. Also, in a uh, ACE study, it has shown that child abuse and neglect is the single most preventable cause of mental illness, the single most common cause of drug and alcohol abuse, and a significant contributor to leading causes of death, such as diabetes, heart disease, cancer, stroke, and suicide. They're finding that trauma has a lot to do 
with our substance abuse. Trauma has a lot to do with even health issues as you get older. Um, if we don't tend to that wound, it's going to affect many, many parts of our lives. So, now we're, we're talking about all of us, and you're thinking about yourself and where your wounds are, but also what we don't understand sometimes that wounds are individual and also in communities. If you think about yourself as an ecosystem, as your body, your brain and everything, and how it can affect all of that, it could create diabetes, heart disease, um, all of that stuff, that could be the same for larger communities that experience trauma as well. Oftentimes, if we bring up something that is uh, an open wound in a community, we're like, we don't want to talk about that. We've moved on. That's over. Or we'll say things like, well, I wasn't a part of that, so what do, why do I have to deal with it? It's because the wound is still there, and people are saying, the wound is open. It hurts. We need to do something about it. So this isn't just in us as individuals, but also larger communities, whether it's a church, whether it's a city, whether it's a country, a state. You can keep going larger and larger, and these things still act out in the same way they do in us as individuals. So if we don't deal with wounds in larger communities, those communities become infected, they become um, unhealthy, they become uh, anger, bitter, if we don't address those wounds. We don't realize that when we've been hurt and our wounds have not healed, we carry it with us and informs everything we do. Uh, the most prominent wound of like a middle child, which I am a middle child, is uh, not feeling like you're seen or heard, right? So then that carries, that goes with me a lot of places. Now that I'm aware of it in certain ways, I'm able to heal from it and understand times when that is actually happening and times when it's not, and it's just my inner voice, my inner critic talking to me about it. If we think of larger communities, maybe an example of that would be, you know, if you have a, a wound from a Hall of Fame quarterback and your organization just having a divorce, um, that can affect many, many Packer fans, all right? And it can hurt. You have to heal from it at some point. So we carry these around, and it, it informs what we do. Now, I want to look at Jesus' story uh, from our scripture today. Just as Jesus still held scars from this crucifixion, I think that's important. I think looking at the body of Jesus in the resurrection, because we like to make up these stories about heaven. How many times have you heard maybe from your parents or somebody that heaven's going to be perfect, you're not going to have to worry about that, you're going to be healed. Well, this whole thing with Jesus still having the scars, the holes, and the, the scar in his side, what does that tell us about the next life? Scars are still there. So let's take a look at the resurrected body of Christ and kind of what it means for us. I think first and foremost, it shows us that our physical bodies are holy. That this isn't just something to escape at some point in life. This isn't just a vessel for a soul, but it's all part of it. This is who you were created to be. That in this new reality, this resurrected reality of God, 
that some of those scars are still there. Because perfection in the reality of God may not look like our own ideas of perfection. For us, we think perfection means there's no scars. There's nothing wrong with us. Um, But also, how boring would that be? Like, honestly, how boring would it be if we're all perfect walking around? It's not going to be very interesting, right? And then this shows also heaven is not a place of forgetfulness, but of remembrance. It's not a place where you go to forget and everything's perfect and we don't even remember anything that happened in the past because it's too hurtful for us. No, it's a place where we remember. Why else would Jesus have the wounds in his hands and in his side? And I think also this raises an interesting theological question. It raises an interesting theological question about disabilities. Must we assume that everything that is considered a disability or even a defect on earth would be eradicated in heaven? Certainly we would hope for people that experience pain with those that we don't want them to experience pain anymore. Perhaps we might instead think about heavenly perfection not as something we bear individually in our own bodies, but rather as a heavenly community that is functioning perfectly together, that all relationships are made right, that we're all caring for each other in the right ways that God created us to. Maybe it's more about that rather than us having these perfect bodies, having a, a mansion of gold and diamonds. Maybe heaven is a place where things are just made right. So the one who was raised really is the one who's crucified. This is what Thomas is finding out. He's saying, I really want to see the wounds because I want to know this is actually the Jesus that I knew, the Jesus that died, that I saw die on that cross. But because this Jesus, this God, is the one who was crucified and who was raised, means that God sends, sends us out into the world to do as he did by giving ourselves fully to others, to empty ourselves out for others, for the world, for the benefit of the world. Going back a little bit to trauma and our wounds and everything, when we're thinking about Jesus in this way and, and the resurrected body, we could think of it as maybe we should attend to our own wounds first, in order to help others to heal their wounds. Because if we're going to try and help others heal and we're not fully healed, well, are we ever fully healed is, I guess, the question. But unless we have some experience in healing, it's going to be hard for us to help others to heal. It's kind of like when you're on an airplane and they go through all all the safety precautions and what happens in an emergency, and... uh, the masks, the ox- oxygen masks, when they drop down, they always say, put one on yourself first, then put it on somebody else. And we all know why that is. If you're running out of oxygen trying to help somebody else, then you're adding to the problem, right? Then you pass out and somebody has to help you. And so you have to help yourself first in order to help others. Attend to your own wounds so that they may instead become scars. Tend to the wounds so that they heal and they'll become scars. Because we won't forget when we've been hurt. We don't forget when we've been traumatized. We don't forget 
those times because we learn something from them. And the scars tell the story of that. In his book, he talked about a client who said, one day he told me that he'd spent his adulthood trying to let go of his past, and he remarked how ironic it was that he had to get closer to it in order to let it go. We often think if we have a wound, we want to get away from it as far as we can. Just want to put that behind us, want to forget about it. But as we talked about earlier, it's going to bubble up some way. It's going to pop up when you don't want it to. You have to actually get closer to it. You have to get closer to understanding that hurt that you have, that wound that is festering, in order to heal it. You can't just push it off to the side and say, I'm going to come back in a couple days, and you're going to be healed then, and we're going to move on. You've got to do the work of getting closer to it. As a broad community in the church, we need to be the people who get close to the wounds of our society, to each other, that we go and we say, no, we have to make things right. Uh, listening to the song right before the sermon, I, I think of the lyrics of, in a world of hate, be a light. When you have done wrong, make it right. We have a hard problem with that, especially in the church. We like to ignore the mistakes we've made. For big examples, you think about the Crusades. Oh, that happened a long time ago. We don't have to worry about that. that was, they didn't know better. No, let's, let's fix that wound. Other times in the church life, where whether it was the church defending slavery or the church defending segregation, those are wounds that are in the church yet that we need to attend to, that we need to heal. That's why we have our, our racial justice group. We are, need, we are to be the people of redemption, reconciliation, of healing in the world. So then, it begs the question to you today, what wounds do you need to heal in order to be a part of that work, the, the never-ending work of the kingdom of God, of the reality of God? What are the wounds in your own life you need to heal? What are the things that still feel rather sensitive when they come up? What are the things where you can feel it in your body when it comes up? What are those topics that when you get together with family, you say, we can't talk about those? That's pointing towards a wound. What wounds do you need to heal? Because if we heal our wounds, then they become marks. They become the scars that Jesus had in his hands and his side showing Thomas. Because I feel like the world is no longer worried about the church in a way of like, how many souls are you saving? People outside of church could care less about that. They're more concerned with wanting to see the marks of the church. They're looking for the marks in Jesus' hands inside. We are that living embodiment of it in the world today. So they wait instead to see the marks of the church, the wounds in our own hands and our sides, the evidence that we are really connected to this crucified and risen Christ, that we are doing the same thing that Christ did for us. What are the marks that people see in the church? The ways in which we have scars from hurt and wounds because of the values we hold and the people we advocate for, as Jesus did. Jesus' life shows us we're not going to get out of this unscathed. There's going to be times where people are angry at the church. There's going to be times where they're happy with the church. There's times we're angry with each other. 
There's times where we're going to get along with each other. God didn't become human to keep things the way they are. God became human instead to bring the reality of God to us here and now, to bring people, the outcasts, the marginalized, into the fold, the people that we often push off into the margins. It's showing us this upside-down society where the, fir- for, uh, the last become first, where those that we think are cursed are blessed, and for those who we think are poor are rich. The reality of God invites the lion to see the lamb as a neighbor and friend, the Jew to speak to the Samaritan, and the prostitute to dine with the Pharisee. These actions in the reality God show us, to those with eyes to see, a new way of being in the world. A vision of this reality of God breaking into our reality, that What Jesus has done and has set forth is the real gospel, that we get to be the people of the body of Christ, we get to be the hands and feet of Christ for this world. We get to be the healers, we get to partner in the making of all things new. So people are waiting to see the marks. The world wants to see the marks of the church, the wounds in our hands and our sides, the evidence that we are really connected to Jesus. If we're all concerned about just with ourselves and conserving the church, protecting the church in different ways, which has its place, but if that's what the world sees we're only concerned about, then we're not actually living the life that Jesus did. We're not showing Jesus to others. We kind of have to get scars. The scars are there to tell the story. They tell a story in Jesus And they tell a story in us. So what story are your scars telling? Sometimes the scars don't have a good story to them. Sometimes they still do hurt a little bit. My older brother uh, in fourth, fifth grade, uh, at a basketball, high school basketball game, him and his friends were playing underneath the bleachers, all right? And he had jumped down, and it felt like he just kind of scraped his leg, um, didn't think anything of it until he looked and it was just bleeding. It's like this L-shaped, um, just kind of cut his leg open. And he had to have staples and stitches and everything. Um, and it's kind of an ugly scar. It's not a good-looking scar. Uh, and he always has to go through a time of always constantly breaking up the scar tissue because it'll hurt after a while and you have to attend to that scar even. We're going to have those scars too, but they still hurt. We still remember why they hurt, and we still have to attend to them. It's ongoing healing. So if Jesus was serious about scars then, then we'll be a people who give ourselves to the world just as Christ gave himself for the world, to redeem, to reconcile, and to heal. So don't ignore those wounds. Don't ignore those wounds in you. Don't ignore those wounds in larger communities. Be the people that go and heal, to show, to guide on how to heal. So that these scars, these marks, are ways in which the world gets to see us as the church and say, 
I do see Christ in them. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.